Hello, everybody. I hope you are enjoying this book and it's assisting you going deeper into your heart and letting go. So I'm going to get straight into chapter four, which is called The Lucid Self. There is a type of dream called a lucid dream in which you know that you're dreaming. If you fly in the dream, you know that you're flying. You think, hey, look, I'm dreaming that I'm flying. I'm going to fly over there. You're actually conscious enough to know that you are flying in the dream and that you are dreaming the dream. That's very different from regular dreams in which you are fully immersed in the dream. This distinction is exactly the difference between being aware that you are aware in your daily life and not being aware that you are aware. When you are an aware being, you are no longer becoming completely immersed in the events around you. Instead, you remain inwardly aware that you are the one who is experiencing both the events and the corresponding thoughts and emotions. When a thought is created in this state of awareness, instead of getting lost in it, you remain aware that you are the one who is thinking the thought. You are lucid. This raises some very interesting questions. If you are the indwelling being who is experiencing all this, then why do these different levels of perception exist? When you are seated in the awareness of self, you are lucid. When you, when are you, Where are you when you are not seated deeply enough inside the self to be the conscious experiencer of all you are experiencing? To begin with, consciousness has the ability to do what is called focus. It is part of the nature of consciousness. The essence of consciousness is awareness, and awareness has the ability to become more aware of one thing and less aware of something else. In other words, it has the ability to focus itself on certain objects. The teacher says, concentrate on what I'm saying. What does that mean? It means focus your consciousness on one place. Teachers figure you know how to do that. Who taught you how to do that? What class in high school taught you how to take your consciousness and move it somewhere in order to focus on something? Nobody taught you this. It was intuitive and natural. You always know how to do it. So, we do know that consciousness exists. We just don't normally talk about it. You probably went through grade school, high school and college without anyone discussing the nature of consciousness. Fortunately, the nature of consciousness has been studied very closely in deep teachings such as yoga. In fact, the ancient teachings of yoga are all about consciousness. The best way to learn about consciousness is through your own direct experience. For example, you know very well that your consciousness can be aware of a wide field of objects, or it can be so focused on one object that you are unaware of anything else. This is what happens when you get lost in thought. You can be reading, and then suddenly you're not reading anymore. It happens all the time. You just start thinking about something else. Outside objects or mental thoughts can catch your attention at any time. But it's still the same awareness, whether it is focused on the outside or on your thoughts. The key is that consciousness has the ability to concentrate on different things. The subject, consciousness, has the ability to selectively focus awareness on specific objects. 
If you step back, you will clearly see that objects are constantly passing before you at all three levels, mental, emotional and physical. When you're not centered, your consciousness invariably gets attracted toward one or more of those objects and focuses on them. If it concentrates enough, your sense of awareness loses itself in the object. It is no longer aware that it is aware of the object. It just becomes object conscious. Have you ever noticed that when you're deeply absorbed in watching TV, you have no awareness of where you're sitting or what else is going on in the room? The TV analogy is perfect for examining how our center of consciousness shifts from awareness of self to being lost in the objects we are focused upon. The difference is that instead of sitting in your living room, getting absorbed in the TV, you're sitting in your center of consciousness, getting absorbed in the screens of mind, emotions, and outside images. When you concentrate on the world of the physical senses, it draws you in. Then your emotional and mental reactions draw you in further. At that point, you're no longer sitting in the centered self. You're absorbed in the inner show you're watching. Let's look at your inner show. You have an underlying pattern of thoughts that goes on around you all the time. This pattern of thought stays pretty much the same. You are as familiar and comfortable with your normal thought patterns as you are with the living space of your home. You also have emotions that are your norm. A certain amount of fear, a certain amount of love and a certain amount of insecurity. You know that if certain things happen, one or more of these emotions will flare up and dominate your awareness. Then eventually they will settle back down to the norm. You know this so well that you are very busy inside making sure nothing happens to create these disturbances. In fact, you are so preoccupied with controlling your world of thoughts, emotions and physical sensations that you don't even know you're in there. That is the normal state of most people. When you are in this lost state, you get so totally absorbed in the objects of thoughts, feelings and the senses that you forget the subject. Right now, you are sitting inside the center of consciousness, watching your personal TV show. But there are so many interesting objects distracting your consciousness that you can't help but get drawn into them. It's overwhelming. It's three-dimensional. It's all around you. All of your senses draw you in. Sight, sound, taste, smell and touch, as well as your feelings and your thoughts. But you are really sitting quietly inside, looking out at all these objects. Just as the sun does not leave its position in the sky to illuminate objects with its radiating light, so consciousness does not leave its centre to project awareness onto the objects of form, thoughts and emotions. If you ever want to recenter, just start saying hello inside over and over, then notice that you are aware of that thought. Don't think about being aware of it. That's just another thought. Simply relax and be aware that you can hear hello being echoed in your mind. That is your seat of centered consciousness. Now let's move from the small screen to the big one. Let's study consciousness using the example of a movie. When you go to a movie, you let yourself get drawn in. It's part of the experience of watching the movie. With a movie, you use two senses, seeing and hearing. And it's very important that these senses synchronize. You wouldn't get as involved in the film if they didn't. 
Imagine if you were watching a James Bond movie and the soundtrack didn't synchronize with the scenes. Instead of getting drawn into the magical world of a movie, you would remain very aware that you were sitting in a theater and that something was wrong. But because soundtracks and scenes normally synchronize perfectly, movies capture your awareness and you forget that you're sitting in the theater. You forget your personal thoughts and emotions and your consciousness gets pulled into the film. It's actually quite phenomenal to contemplate the difference between the experience of sitting next to strangers in a cold, dark theater versus being so absorbed in the movie that you are totally unaware of your surroundings. In fact, with an engaging film, you may go for the full two hours without any awareness of yourself. So the synchronization of sight and sound is very important if your consciousness is to become absorbed in the movie. And that's just two of your senses. What will happen when your experience of a movie includes smell and taste? Imagine that you're experiencing a film in which someone is eating and you taste what they taste and smell. You would surely get caught in that one. The sensory input has doubled and therefore the number of objects drawing on your consciousness has also doubled. Sound, sight, taste, smell. And we haven't mentioned the big one yet. Would you even go to a theatre that has touch? When they get all five senses working together, you don't stand a chance. If they all synchronize, you'll be completely absorbed into the experience. Then again, not necessarily. Imagine you're sitting in the theater, and even with this overwhelming sensory experience, you still become bored with the movie. It just isn't capturing your attention, so your thoughts start to wonder. You begin thinking about what you'll do when you get home. You start thinking about something that happened to you in the past. After a while, you're so lost in your thoughts that you're hardly aware that you're watching a movie. This occurs despite the fact that your five senses are still sending you all these movie messages. This can only happen because your thoughts can still occur independently of the movie. They provide an alternative place for the consciousness to focus. Now imagine that movies are made that no longer engage the five senses, but also make your thoughts and emotions synchronize with what's happening on the screen. With this movie experience, you're hearing, seeing, tasting, and suddenly you begin feeling the character's emotions and thinking the character's thoughts. The character says, I'm so nervous, should I ask you to marry me? <clears throat> and suddenly, insecurity wells up inside of you. Now we have the full dimension of the experience, five physical senses plus thoughts and emotions. Imagine going to that movie and getting plugged in. Careful. That would be the end of you as you know yourself. There would be no object of consciousness that is not synchronized with the experience. Any place your awareness falls would be part of the movie. Once the movie gets control of the thoughts, it's over. There is no you in there saying, I don't like this movie, I want to leave. That would take an, an independent thought. But your thoughts have been taken over by the movie. Now you're completely lost. How will you ever get out? As scary as it sounds, that is your predicament in life. Because all of the objects you're aware of are synchronized. You get sucked in and are no longer aware of your separateness from the objects. The thoughts and the emotions move in accordance with the sights and the sounds. 
It all comes in and your consciousness gets totally absorbed in it. Unless you're fully seated in witness consciousness, you're not back there being aware that you're the one watching all this. That is what it means to be lost. The lost soul is the consciousness that has dropped into the place where one's human thoughts, emotions and sensory perceptions of sight, sound, taste, touch and smell are all synchronized. All these messages come back to one spot. Then the consciousness, which is capable of being aware of anything, makes the mistake of focusing on that one spot too closely. When the consciousness gets sucked in, it no longer knows itself as itself. It knows itself as the objects it is experiencing. In other words, you perceive yourself as these objects. You think you are the sum of your learned experiences. That is what you would think when you go to one of these advanced movies. At such a movie, you would first get to select which character you want to be. Let's say you decide, I'll be James Bond. Okay, but once you push the button, that's it. The button had better be on a timer. You, as you currently know yourself, are no longer there, since all of your thoughts are now James Bond's thoughts. Your entire existing self-concept is gone. Remember, your self-concept is just a collection of thoughts about yourself. Likewise, your emotions are bonds, and you are watching the movie through this through his visual and auditory perception. The only aspect of your being that remains the same is the consciousness that is aware of these objects. It is the same center of awareness that was aware of your old set of thoughts, emotions and sensory input. Now someone turns off the movie. Immediately, Bond's thoughts and emotions are replaced with your old set of thoughts and emotions. You're back to thinking that you're a 40-year-old woman. All the thoughts match. All the emotions match. Everything looks like, smells like, tastes like and feels like it did before. But that doesn't change the fact that it is all just something consciousness is experiencing. It is all just objects of consciousness and you are the consciousness. What differentiates a conscious centered being from a person who is not so conscious is simply the focus of their awareness. It's not a difference in the consciousness itself. All consciousness is the same, just as all light from the sun is the same. All awareness is the same. Consciousness is neither pure nor impure. It has no qualities, it's just there, aware that it's aware. The difference is that when your consciousness is not centered within, it becomes totally focused on the objects of consciousness. When you are a centered being, however, your consciousness is always a way of being conscious. Your awareness of being is independent of the inner and outer objects you happen to be aware of. If you really want to understand this difference, you must begin by realizing that consciousness can focus on anything. That being the case, what if consciousness were to focus on itself? When that happens, instead of being aware of your thoughts, you're aware that you're aware of your thoughts. You have turned the light of consciousness back onto itself. You're always contemplating something, but this time you're contemplating the source of consciousness. This is true meditation. True meditation is beyond the act of simple, one-pointed concentration. For the deepest meditation, you must not only have the ability to focus your consciousness completely on one object, you must also have the ability to make awareness itself be that object. In the highest state, the focus of consciousness is turned back to the self.
When you contemplate the nature of self, you are meditating. That is why meditation is the highest state. It is the return to the root of your being, the simple awareness of being aware. Once you become conscious of the consciousness itself, you attain a totally different state. You are now aware of who you are. You have become an awakened being. It's really just the most natural thing in the world. Here I am. Here I always was. It's like you have been on the couch watching TV. But you were so totally immersed in the show that you forgot where you were. Someone shook you and now you're back to the awareness that you're sitting on the couch watching TV. Nothing else changed. You simply stopped projecting yourself of, your sense of self onto that particular object of consciousness. You woke up. That is spirituality. That is the nature of self. That is who you are. As you pull back into the consciousness, this world ceases to be a problem. It's just something you're watching. It keeps changing, but there is no sense of that being a problem. The more you are willing to just let the world be something you're aware of, the more it will let you be who you are. The awareness, the self, the Atman, the soul. You realize that you're not who you thought you were. You're not even a human being. You just happen to be watching one. You will begin to have deep experiences within your own center of consciousness. These will be deep, intuitive experiences of the true nature of self. You will find that you are tremendously expansive when you start to explore consciousness instead of form. You realize that your consciousness only appears to be small and limited because you are focusing on small and limited objects. That's exactly what happens when you're focusing solely on the TV. There's nothing else in your world. If you pull back, however, you see the whole room, including the TV. Likewise, instead of just focusing so intently on this one human being's thoughts, emotions and sensory world, you can pull back and see everything. You can move from the finite to the infinite. Isn't this what they've been trying to tell us? Christ, Buddha and the great saints and sages of all time and all religions? One of these great saints... Ramana Maharashi used to ask, Who am I? We see now that this is a very deep question. Ask it ceaselessly, constantly. Ask it and you will be notice that you are the answer. There is no intellectual answer. You are the answer. Be the answer and everything will change. Awesome, guys. Thank you for joining. Um, and we will connect again soon. Have a beautiful weekend.